success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. You probably know what you're paying for your cable bill, your cell phone every month, but do you know how much you're paying for your investments? That's this week's topic here on success in the new retirement here with Damon and Matt. I'm Jennifer Perry and isn't it interesting, guys, that uh, we can track our monthly expenses? You know, the little things, the twelve ninety nine for Netflix, for instance. I know that to but the penny. <laughs> I, honestly, I think that I have so many of those little things coming out of my account. Disney Plus, Netflix, <laughs> you know, it's almost like everybody wants their little subscription because we kind of ignore it at the True, end of the day. Yeah. We're kind of like, well, that just kind of got yeah. lost in the shuffle. Uh-huh. Look through the, the, the statements and you only pay attention to the 300 plus or the, you know, whatever it is, whatever that number is for you. Yeah. And at the same time, guys, we're kind of missing out, too, on the bigger fees that we're going to talk about today. The fees that some people are paying on their investments stack up to so much more than what they're paying for Netflix. Well, you know, if you I mean, the way that you would notice that you were paying Netflix or your cell phone is, again, it pops up in your phone or, you know, in your bill. And you eventually look at that and you go, oh, well, I didn't. What's this twelve ninety nine? And then you may, you pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And so Wall Street's been really smart about that. And they basically said, look, out of sight, out of mind. If we don't make this visible to people, most people are going to think they're not paying any fees or they're not going to pay attention to how much they're actually paying. And so the difference between an investment account and your bank account is the bank account is going to list each one of those transactions. And if you balance your checkbook or you pull up your statement, you're going to notice those little things coming out on the investment side. And they have spent billions and billions of dollars marketing and lobbying to make sure that they on those statements can show as little information about the fees that you're paying. And so what usually most people walk into our office, especially in a 401k, it's surprising how many people come in and say, yeah, I I love my 401k. You know, my company treats me really good. They, They pay all the fees. And you're like, whoa, time out. They are not paying all the fees. There are what you're seeing in your statements just shows you the returns you got, but that is after the fees have been deducted. And and that's Wall Street's game is they basically say, look, if we can show them a seven or eight percent return and avoid having to show them that it costs them two or three percent to get that return, that's what we want the people to, to see because they'll be like, oh, I made seven percent. That's awesome. And I did it and I didn't have to pay anything for it. If you saw that you made 10% and then you saw a line item that said minus 3% for fees and charges and transaction costs and all of these other things, and then you got to 7%, well, that's when we would have that aha moment and go, mm-hmm. wow, if I could just lower that, that would have been X amount more dollars back in my pocket. And that's when we would go back and say, hey, this fund that's charging me all these fees, I don't want it anymore. I want something that's going to be less expensive. So they've done a really good job of hiding it. As long as you can still get as good a return. I mean, there's also that side of the coin. Are we willing to pay more if we're getting a better return than something else? And and most people would say, yeah, well, if, if I'm getting 10 and someone else is getting eight and I'm paying two and they're paying one after fees, I'm, I'm good as long as I'm doing better. And that's where I think, we try to help people look and see, is that really true? Is it really efficient? Are you getting the bang for your buck? Because, you know, if I'm going to go buy a suit and look like a million bucks at Nordstrom versus well, That's my- a pretty good suit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I think people are okay with value. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you determine what that value is? And that's where I think so many people come in and they're like, I don't know. How do I tell if this is good or bad? I, I like that I got 7% this year, but 
how do I tell is, you know, and, and that's where we try to spend time. We've always been about educating because fees do matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you could get the same return in two accounts, but one of them you're paying, you know, a third of the cost or, or whatever, then obviously that's the one you want. Well, and to the value point, I mean, again, you're often comparing results with what the competition has. So this true story about once a year, I call direct TV and threaten to cancel my <laughs> subscription. <laughs> you play that game because too? Yeah. Puts on his mean, fi- yeah, his mean voice. So, so I noticed my bill had gone up. I called him up and I said, I think I'm going to cut the cord. I think I'm going to do YouTube TV and Netflix and Disney Plus just came out. And the lady comes back and she's like, okay, we can lower your bill by $60 a month. And I mean, that was like, what is that? $720 a year just from one right? phone call that took about five minutes totally saying that I was going it. to... And so, again, one of the things you're looking at with that, you're saying, okay, I'm paying X amount of dollars here, but if I add up these other things that I could get my entertainment that my family watches and it only totals this, I'm overpaying. I'm not getting the value for that. And so then you can kind of then fight back on those fees. And, and again, DirecTV knows that. They, mm-hmm. They've got to be really competitive. And so, you know, it was the easiest conversation. Then they're like, well, do you want a bunch of free channels? You want this? You want this? You want this? I mean, they were they were throwing everything at me. And that was with one phone call. Right. So again, imagine how much money you're spending on these investment accounts that you have 100, 200, 300, 400, 500,000 dollars. One percent on a $500,000 account, that's five grand. Whew, okay. That's a lot of money. You know, again, and, and there's been study after study after study that says if you can reduce your fees by one percent, your account's going to last an additional 10 years in retirement. So then you step back and you go, AARP does their study every single year, their survey, and they say, what's your number one concern, retirees? And the number one concern for the 10 years running now is we're worried we're going to outlive our money. Well, if you can reduce fees and it results in your money lasting longer, that is one of the key components to be able to accomplish or take away some of the fear of running out of money because you can make your money last longer because you're giving less of it away on an annual basis in these fees that are all hidden and and Wall Street doesn't want you to know about. Yeah, it's about keeping more of that money, guys, making your portfolio fee efficient so that money can continue working for you and give you some of that time back. And this is something that you guys go into depth on in your book, Success in the New Retirement. And one of the things you point out is, uh, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people think, okay, I'm not paying anything for my 401k, but the fees hidden in those accounts can be super tricky, guys. CNBC Sharon Epperson talked about this recently too, how a lot of people think this is just a free benefit from your employer you might want to think again. Here's one that people don't get. Your 401k, it's on autopilot. It's making money. You're so excited. There are administrative fees attached to that 401k. So you need to understand that you're not just investing in anything for free. So guys, we probably woke up some listeners who might be learning about this for the first time, but how do you find out the fees that you're paying within those 401ks? And if so, I mean, that's where we're told to save. So what do you do about it? Everybody in their 401k, when they sign on with the company, they get, you know, documents and things and there's, it explains it and it's, you know, super fun to read, right? When you can't (laughs) sleep at night, that's when you, you pull it out and it's all, a lot of that is in there, but nobody takes the time to do it. Well, Um, and they purposely make it as dry and long, as boring (laughs) as possible. It's written by lawyers. (laughs) I mean, you get a 20, 30, 40, a hundred page prospectus on this really terrible paper that makes your fingers black, you're not going to spend much time reading it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
And then when you sign up for things, you can get the, the prospectus on each thing and you can print out like a one pager and most people will look at the one thing on there and that's the expense ratio. And they'll say, okay, and then right next to it is the the ten year return, the three year return, etc. And so most people will Which, go. By that the far. way, on that expense ratio, they finally pass some laws that require your four hundred one k to now list that. So oh, Wall okay. Street fought it for years and yep. years and years, and finally that now shows up in your statement. So it's much more transparent that part of the fund cost. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. But I think most people will go that far because they're trying to make decisions. Well, what funds do I want to be in? And so then they're looking at expense ratio. And as long as it's not horrible, they'll be like, okay. And then really what they look at is the return. And then fees are now out of sight, out of mind. But really within most 401ks, your options are a bunch of mutual funds and sometimes some index funds, but mostly mutual funds. And usually there's maybe 20 to 30 different options, especially if we count all the target date funds, you've got, you know, another 10 of those, the 2020, the 2025, the 2030, whatever. And so you've got all these options there and mutual funds inherently have higher fees than some other types of investments. Hmm. And it's not just the expense ratio. Just in and of itself, one of the reasons people like mutual funds or why they're touted is that, hey, you have, you're not putting so many eggs in one basket because there's 150 stocks in this one fund, right? Right, yeah. But there's a fund manager, so it is professionally managed. That's another reason why people like it. But the professional manager needs to get paid. Sure. No one does anything for free. Right? Come on. And that's that's a lot of your, your your fund management fees or your expense ratio. But then throughout the year, that fund manager wants to keep his job, his or her job. And so they're looking at and saying, well, compared to the benchmark, and if this was a large cap benchmark, then they're looking at the S&P. How do I outperform or do as good? And so they're going to buy and sell different stocks according to whatever theory they have and how they, they manage those funds. But those are transactions, right? And every time they buy and sell, that costs. And you think, well, that should be part of the fund management because they're managing my fund, right? Right. No. Right? <laughs> the, those fees get passed on to the end user and they're very hard to determine what they really are. And so those get basically missed. You know, and then on top of that, we've all heard, you know, we should not invest in loaded funds. We want no load funds. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you look at a, a mutual fund and it has an A next to it and you think, oh, good. A, A is good. Right. That's well, how, a is, how it works a is, in school, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. A is front loaded. And a lot of times those are 5.75% uh, commissions up front. Huh. Right? Okay. And so there's all these different things that get missed and are not super transparent and so people are investing and they're just looking at, well, is my account going up and not doing that comparison and saying, am I being efficient? Am I getting the best value? Am I buying the funds that are going to give me as good a return for the, the least amount of price? Well, and then to top that off, there's some of the other impacts of those fees. So Damon and I kind of nerd out on this because we're really conscious about what fees our clients pay because it makes a big difference. So they've done study after study that shows that if you had a list of 100 funds and you want to try to rank them of the ones that are likely to perform the best, the ones with the lowest fees 
always are the ones that are going to perform the best. Oh, they, they've done so, so if you're so if you're looking at the list on your uh, 401k and you're having a hard time picking between a couple funds, if you pick the one with the lowest cost, and again, like Damon said, it's the fee that they're showing on the statements only part of that cost. So you got to really dig deep to find that out. But if you pick the one that has the lowest cost, likely you're picking the best fund. It's going to perform the best. Okay. And then here's the other crazy one is that the funds that have the higher fees that are managed tend to take more risk. Hmm. And so what ends up happening is this fund manager, he knows that his job is dependent on him doing good compared to the other funds that are out there. Hmm. Because eventually someone's going to catch on, right? If you're you're always underperforming, they're going to be like, all right, get rid of these guys, and then they're going to be out of business. Mm -hmm. So that fund that's charging extra fees, well, guess what? They have to get an extra bit of return to justify that or to offset their fee so they, they compare with their peers. Well, that forces them to potentially be more aggressive with their investments to try to get a better return to offset their fee. Wow. So if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, fees matter because, again, it's taking away your money. But it also matters in the performance of the fund. It also matters in the amount of risk that's going on in that account. And so, again, when you're going to retirement, you're trying to preserve your wealth. You're trying to make it last as long as you possibly can. And so those fees make a big difference on both sides of that equation. And uh, guys, on our next episode, we're going to talk more about the real impact. What are you truly paying in fees? I'm going to ask you about some of the most egregious fees that you've seen on someone's accounts over the years. Plus, Wall Street is making this push for no-cost trading, taking some of those fees away. How will that impact you as an investor? We'll talk about that next time here on Success in the New Retirement. You can find Damon and Matt's book, Success in the New Retirement, on Amazon.com or get a free chapter now at successinthenewretirement.com. You never know who might stop by on the Success in the New Retirement podcast. Retired NFL great Michael Irvin. Let me tell you the things that I always tell people, and I don't care where you are and what stage you are in, know that you are called to do it. And this is such a small thing that sets your mind for great things. Share these lessons with your friends. Success in the New Retirement is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and your other favorite podcast providers. Success in the New Retirement. Boy, y'all put it together. I like that. I got it. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.